Hello and welcome to 60 Minutes with I'm Chris and we're back again with another Spotlight show and as always I'm joined by the lovely lovely Mr Adam Parry. How are you sir? I'm wonderful. How are you? Ooh, wunderbar. I'm, I'm I'm doing all right actually. Yeah. Yeah. Considering everything that's going on, um I, I'm do, you know doing okay. Um hopefully we're going to be getting more of these shows out because let's face it, we ain't, we got fuck all else to do at the minute. <laughs> that's true. We've got no <laughs> excuse for the first time ever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like, um, why couldn't you do a show? I'm so busy. I'm so, you know, we've got that yeah. much on. Actually, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been saying so. for the last two years, life gets in the way. Hmm. <laughs> not, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. So, um, although we are still within the the month of March since we did yeah. the last show, which was Dark Angel, which was released on the third of March. Um, so, um, with today being the twenty eighth of March. Um, so, yeah, we're still we're doing it within a month. Who knows? We might even do one every fortnight. The way things are going, could do. Um, could do. But we're, you know, not going to promise things that we no, can't deliver. Fuck no. <laughs> um, but we, pro- we promised that before. We know not to do that now. Yes, we. But we're saying that we are building up a steady back catalogue of uh, movie shows, which we uh, we're talking. About. I should introduce the show properly and explain what the the purpose and the point of the show is. So, this was Adam's idea. Came up with it last year, and uh, basically to go back to films that we watched when we were kids or younger, um, and to see whether they still stand up to the test of time, whether our memory plays tricks on us, because, you know, we may think, wow, that was a, an amazing film. And actually, you know, watching it with a, a, an adult's head on, uh, I use adult in quotation marks, um, you know, and maybe it's not so good. Or maybe it is actually, um, it's aged like fine wine. It's It's gotten better, perhaps, yeah. than our memory remembers it. Um, so we started off with Biggles, um, and then we moved on to Blue Jean Cop, and then we moved on to The Beastmaster, and then Return of the Living Dead, and then Dark Angel, and now we are on to Creep Show, yes. and this was your pick. Yes, yes, it was. Um, why did you pick Creep Show, and what were your memories of it? Mm, why did I pick it? Pick it? I don't know. When we were we we did our big list, um, I went through the horror phase when I was a, a nipper. Um, and this was one of the ones that that sprung to mind that I haven't seen for ages. Um, far as where I saw it, I'm not entirely sure, but like every other film pretty much on this list, almost, it's going to either be rented it from the shop up the road because my mum was letting me watch adult films <clears throat> before she should do. And I think I just worked my way along, along like the top horror shelves. You know, not the top shelf because that was porn, but the uh, the two <laughs> shelves horror, below horror porn, that. Maybe. Did they have Ooh. horror porn? I don't know. I don't know because my mum was always there. I had to kind of divert my gaze from the top, top shelf. So mm. I'll probably get a clip round the ear. And for, for, you know, for any younger listeners out there, a clip round the ear is when your parent used to smack you. But, mm. you know, they don't do that now. Now it's just like, mummy, what's a penis? And you go, oh, you're such an angel. You're perfect. Because you can't discipline children anymore. You just got to tell them they're brilliant. Yes, but, um, <laughs> that's a different thing. So it was either there or it was uh, my friend at the time whose father was a purveyor and bootlegger of many a VHS. Mm. So I have either borrowed it from him or I rented it. I've got a feeling it was a rental, to be honest. And mm. that's it. I, wa- I was watching any horror that was there, just working my way along the shelf. And I remember quite enjoying this. And it was different because it was an anthology collection rather than 
one big singular story. Um, and it had some people in it who are famous uh, and still are famous, which you might not expect to be in one of these type of films. Um, yeah, but I hadn't seen it for ages. Um, and I thought, fuck it, why not? And also, I thought it'd be interesting to cover one which is sort of split into five different stories, which has got its good points and its bad points, but we'll get through to that, I think. Mm. So, yes, and I um, brought this up at the end of the last show when I mentioned, oh, that's a portmanteau, not a poor man's toe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, I am right in saying that. I mean, I just typed in port, portmanteau horror films. And so, it, yeah, it's basically like an anthology. That's that's what that, that's wrapped around with a, you know, a beginning and then it goes back to the the, the beginning, is, if you like. Is that the difference then between I the two? Think, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I I haven't really researched it properly, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but I, I didn't know that they were called that until I started doing the entertainment show. And I think it was um, it was Dave who said said that word, and I was like, mm, what the fuck's that? Because um, I was fumbling around, so oh, it's like a collection of films, you know. But it's not it's not one film; it's like five films in one. It's amazing. And he was like, you mean an anthology or a, a portmanteau? And I was like, yeah. But I, I I agreed with him, even though I didn't know what he meant. <laughs> um, but yes, so an anthology. I mean, there's lots of these. There's these anthology horror films they tend to be around horror don't they i mean i've not known yeah. them be around anything else particularly um well, i suppose i suppose recently you've had things like um oh crap what was on netflix uh sex sex robots death or something like that uh, i can't remember its name now more sort oh, of sci-fi yeah. but yeah i think i think probably because horror's an easy genre to do it in because it's quite easy to think of a horror film but it's actually hard to make a horror film that lasts say 90 minutes that's good but horror films are quite easy to condense down into sort of 10 15 minute segments and be effective and because they're not complicated don't have to be complicated just get in there kill someone bit of blood bit of a monster job and a done. Bit, of, bit of a twist perhaps that, that things, yeah. you know, there's, there's generally always a little bit of a twist isn't there it's some yeah. with the wraparound story you know the the that's sort of you know there's there's ones that i've watched from say the 70s and 80s where um there's the twist is all it's, it's i'm trying to think of an example so like uh, uh i can't remember what the film collection is or what what it's called but there's one where you've got like a tour guide showing people around a crypt and he's really creepy and whatever but then he's saying uh, you know you sir you this will be your future life or this will and then you cut to somebody else and then you cut to somebody else and it's like telling a story about how their life will turn out but at the end of it they've turned out that they're actually already dead and these things have already happened they've gone to the afterlife or they're they're about to enter hell do you know what things like that yeah Uh, see i don't think i've seen any others apart from creep show and its sequel i don't think i've ever seen another anthology one maybe that's why it stuck out in my mind because to me it was a unique experience at the time and i've i still like horror not not much in the way of modern horror that i've, I've really loved um since everything went cgi mm, uh, yeah it struggles yeah. a bit but yeah mm. no i think this is the only one i've seen weirdly yeah so i mean i, I, I like things like um so those remind me of say the twilight zone you know or um not the, the movie as such but like say tales of the from the is it tales of the unexpected or tales from yes. the unexpected so yeah Tales, Tales of, of the Unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So like, I used to watch that a lot when I was a kid. So it's a yeah. similar thing. You know, there'd be a, uh, 
uh, something happens, the twist would be at the end. And, you know, like you can argue, well, M. Night Shyamalan, you know, ran with that for a while until he went a bit shit and then he kind of <laughs> but you know it was always that wasn't it? there'd be a twist to it so it's basically like a collection of those things like tales from the crypt you know um yeah with the crypt keeper and um just That's so virtually but, the same isn't it to be honest it's yeah yeah um so i made a little collection of some of my favorite ones that i've seen so um i would totally recommend uh body bags it's called and it is john carpenter he starts off he is a morgue attendant and he's opening the um the what do you call it the containers the fucking the lockers where the you know the where the bodies are stored and then he's kind of like saying oh he'll tell you a story and then it'll cut to what happened to that person who died um and mark hamill's in it uh there's a Stacy Keach, the few there's some like I think there's like three or four stories, but it's really good. And because John Carpenter, he has a lot of fun with it as well. Like he makes a lot of sort of like you know dad jokes uh, yeah. at the expense. Like there's a, a scene where he pulls a body out, or but he because it's got the, the it's a woman and she's got fake tits, so he can't shove it back into the you know the the container or whatever. Then uh, the Twilight Zone, so that was a collect the the movie. Oh, have you seen that one? Um, that's worth watching. Um, I don't. I don't think so. Do you know? Do you know? No. I mean, considering I watched a lot of horror, I've got some massive gaps. That yeah, I, that, I, I didn't know any of this when I was tiny. Really. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's a good one to check out. Um, uh, asylum. That's another one. That was Robert Powell, and he goes to a, a, an asylum, and he's there to inspect it, and then he meets the inmates, and you get to find out why they were there, and it tells their own little yeah. story. But again, there's like a a twist and everything uh, tales from the dark side so that starts off with debbie harry and she's captured this this little boy and um he you know she's basically gonna eat him like what's the um what's the uh no <laughs> no what's the the fairy tale the like the uh hansel and, hansel, gretel. Hansel and gretel yeah yeah it's it's kind of starts off like that but then that's got like steve buscemi in it and a few other amongst others um cat's eyes Oh, Cat's Eye, that's um, really good as well. I think that's Stephen King. And that's a collection. That's uh, Drew Barrymore. She's a little girl. She features in every story. But then there's different stories. It follows this cat, go around and have different adventures, meeting different people. Uh, That's that's the littlest hobo, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. The cat version, yes. Yeah. Uh, But that that one features a little troll that um, steals the breath of children and whatever. Anyway, um, Trick or Treat, which is a more recent one, which is good. Brian Cox is in that. Then some of the older ones, which are Professor more... Professor Brian Cox. Not Professor... Not D. Reams Professor <laughs> Brian Cox. You've seen him live, an- haven't you? I have. Is that, is that an anthology? I didn't realise that was an anthology, because I have heard of Trick or Treat a lot. Um, yes, it is, yeah. And they made another film, didn't they, which was apparently quite good, and I can't think of it, unless I've made that up off the top of my head, which I may have done. I didn't realise that was an anthology. Yeah. yeah, no, it's very good. Um, and then some of the more older ones... Um, and you know the the names of them: Doctor Terror's House of Horror. Um, you know what you're in for with that. And then Tales yeah. from the Crypt. That's not Tales that the, the you know the more recent one, but that's like an yeah. old one that got Peter Cushion. All these films have got fucking Peter Cushion in and Christopher <laughs> Lee. <haven't they? laughs> 
yeah. um vault of horror you know it's cause, so it's like those films and um there's there are a lot of british ones because i think these are quite popular in the 70s and 80s um but definitely recommend body bags check that yeah. one out because it's very good funny um but it's because it's john carpenter as well and i think he directs one and i think you've got some other famous horror um directors Joe Dante, I think, directs one, and uh, John Landis, perhaps. I think um, maybe I'm making that up, but yeah, it's it's good. Um, but yeah, so creep. I've Go chosen on. the wrong one. Then is what we're saying. <laughs> no, well, we don't. Know um, that yet. Yeah, I went through. Uh, yeah, I, I read quite a lot of horror anthology, but yeah, just never watched them for some reason. So yeah, I read a few of Stephen King's ones, like Nightmares and Dreamscapes, and Skeleton Crew. Is it Skeleton Crew or Skeleton Key? I can't remember. And then I think I know Clive Barker's books of blood as well. Some of them were yeah. fucking grim. Mm. And then the last one I think I read was crap. What's it called? Haunted. Chuck Palunic, who did uh, a Fight Club. Fight Club, yeah. That is one seriously disturbing grim book. Mm. It's horrendous. <laughs> is it really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I've not read it. So really there's some recommendations. Nasty. For, for people in terms of movies and books so that, that's awesome so with regards to creep show from my point of view i never watched it when i was a kid it came mm -hmm. out in 1982 so i'd have probably i would have definitely been too young to watch this and um it probably passed me by for ages and then it wouldn't have been a rental either so it's probably one that i watched on tv um yeah. at some point um because i have seen it but the weird thing about it is that sort of i only remember really three of the stories um well four i guess because there's five stories in this isn't there well you're doing quite well to remember four out of five <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so but one of them when i started watching this the other night i had no memory of it at all but we'll get into that in a bit um so yeah uh, uh as you mentioned last time uh directed by george a romero as i needs no introduction really does he no um and uh, written by Stephen King. Um, as you mentioned, it's got um, quite an eclectic cast. Uh, yep. Hal Holbrook, um, Leslie Nielsen. Always great to see him in stuff that's not Naked Gun. You know, he's great to see in Naked Gun, but, you know, doing something different. Yeah. Um, Ted Danson. Um, yes. Stephen King in a mm, classic role. Yes, he's, uh, yeah, he's front and centre for a while. Yeah. And then um, Ed Harris. Yeah, good Lord, he was younger. Yeah, completely forgotten Ed Harris was in this um, until I watched it uh, recently. Um, Tom Savini pops up, uh, Tom Atkins, a few other kind of um, people from classic horror movies. Um, Galen Ross, who was Fran in Dawn of the Dead, recognised her. Yeah. Didn't I wouldn't have known that, though, until I watched it recently, uh, or, well, two nights ago um so yeah um shall we get into the trailer shall we play the trailer yeah why not why not coming soon jolting tales of horror creep show the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. And the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls. 
cringe at weird kids and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Verrill. Creepshow will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creepshow, the most fun you'll ever have being scared. There you go. That was a trailer. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. I watched it earlier on. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sums it up, really, doesn't it? I think. Pretty it's much. Quite... It, it, it's going for that style, isn't it? That, that sort of uh, 40s, 50s sort of thing with the um, sort of cartoon writing on it. Uh, you know, you'll scream or whatever it is. Yeah. Pop- yeah. Sort of like a B-movie type. Yeah, that's thing. exactly what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've... <laughs> When it, it's just when overcomplicating it, things. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, so I forgot to mention earlier on. Um, I, I, I like I say early Simpsons, um, but I like the Simpsons, and it always reminded me of like the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're very cool as well. I like the, the way that they do that, and I think that they totally get like horror movies when they do those because there's always nods and winks to you know famous horror films or horror. Uh, you know classic stuff isn't there with the, with yeah. those and then they always tend to have a bit of a twist so i think they though again if you haven't watched any of those movies then the simpsons treehouse of horrors and now thanks to the the beauty of disney plus um you can watch any of the simpsons episodes so yeah that's very cool all 30 seasons and including all of the six good ones yeah <laughs> yes or however many <laughs> yeah yeah anyway that's another conversation for another day <laughs> Um, so I'm curious actually, before we get into the film Mm. and, and I am going to be playing that game again of, uh, I was watching this in bed. So I had my pen and pad next to me. As you can imagine this, I'm I'm lying down and I'm playing the game tonight of what the fuck does that say? Um, because I can't read my handwriting again. So I haven't really looked at mine. I'm just perusing it now. I've done worse. But there is some, yeah, there's certainly some, some words in there that look like I may have written them in Arabic. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm looking at it now and think, oh, wow. So, but I quite like the way, that I, you know, an unintended consequence, uh, which is just a nice little thing from the show is like, I, when I read the notes, when I used to do the movie show with Ben all those years ago, I'd like type up, say, 3000 words, whatever. I'd write it out, then I'd type yeah. it up because I had a lot more fucking time on my hands uh, <laughs> and I didn't have two children. And uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I'd write it down and then i'd type it up and it read out like a script whereas like now it's not that i'm saying i don't put as much effort into these things but it just it's it it is quite like a fun little game of oh i hope i can read that uh, and yes. then i'll just do, do it on the day and you know it all works out for the best i think yeah so, natural that's what it is natural yeah i don't remember i don't even know if i've seen creep show two um 
Uh, I have. So how does that compare? Well, actually, no, you're giving, giving what you think of the first one away. So well, not, that- not necessarily. I, I didn't like number two. Um, there were... <sighs> Now, if my memory serves me correctly, like this has got five separate stories. Creepshow 2 had only three, and they each felt a bit too long. And I um, don't know, it felt cheaper. Didn't it? Mm, yeah, it just it didn't do it for me at the time, uh, whereas this did at the time. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I didn't think. I think there was a third one as well, but I don't. And there's also the. Isn't there, they just released a television show as well. Me- TV show, yeah, with Greg Nicotero, who's done a lot of visual effects as well. Um, but I no, I didn't know that, and I haven't watched watched that either. No. Uh, so I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, but but there you are. So I say I don't remember the second one at all. I I remember the poster for it because I think that's the thing about think you know posters and video covers from the eighties. They all say all they generally looked pretty good because yeah you know they had to grab grab you didn't they you know so yeah it wasn't uh, just a load of floating heads in uh sort of turquoise and orange which seems to be the general film poster of the last 10 years mm, yeah yeah a bit of artwork a bit of drawing in them yeah, definitely. Always remind me of the, like, say the, uh, this, the the video uh, game covers of the day or computer game covers, yeah. like from say Bob Wakelin and whatever. They just looked fucking cool. The game I played like shit, but it was actually that was the thing, wasn't it? It just it was a reason to pick it up off the shelf. Absolutely. So, so um, but uh, yeah. In, in t- is there a bit of a synopsis? Have you got one there? Um, the there only any- thing I've got on IMDb is an anthology which tells five terrifying, terrifying. Terrifying, terrifying tales based on the EC horror comic books of the 1950s. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's it. This is actually on Metacritic as well. So um, it's a lot of the films that we have that aren't, aren't on it. So I don't know if you've got it up there. Do you, I have, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to take one of the one of them, one of the top ones, and then I'll Ooh. I'll take the next one. Let's go. I won't. Yeah, let's go for Variety, uh, who gave it an 80. Um, and that was written by someone who didn't want their name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not credited. Yeah. So they've said uh, George Romero collaborating with writer Stephen King again proves his adeptness at combining thrills with tongue in cheek humour. Um, yeah, The Globe and Mail. This is from Jay Scott. Uh, Creepshow is probably not everything the fans of every hor- each horror meister hoped it would be it is not for example in the same league as oh god uh cavalcanti's great anthology film dead of night i haven't watched that but it's yeah. probably enough uh, okay yeah. you want to take one more yeah we've got ooh, we've got a couple who have given it 40 uh we'll go we'll let's go right at the bottom let's go newsweek david anson uh, he wrote, Romero and King want to be as unsophisticated as possible while maintaining a sense of humour, and they succeed all too well. The characters' storylines and images are studiously one-dimensional. For anyone over 12, there's not much pleasure to be had watching two masters of horror deliberately working beneath themselves. Creepshow is a faux... A, a, a faux what? A faux-neaf. A faux-neaf horror film... Too arch to be truly scary, too elemental to succeed as satire. Mm, I'm going to find out what that actually means. Um, yes. 
artificially or affectedly simple or naive mm, there you go oh naive oh, oh yes i remember um, i know that word now because i'm knowing uh rick mail said it in bottom to uh eddie eddie you're so naive yes i remember that. Uh, uh, there you are um yes. <laughs> so um yeah in terms of the so, so let's let's start with the the film let's get let's see where i take my glasses off because i my eyes are uh failing me um but yeah, yeah taking so, your glasses off that's, that's gonna make that's gonna make everything better <laughs> <laughs> but funnily enough it does because i'm 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 actually short-sighted but um starting to discover that i'm long-sighted as well so i have to take my glasses off to look at things that are close to me um anyway <laughs> That people don't want to read it doesn't make any sense because i can't read my fucking handwriting anyway so yeah uh, but it's fine um so this kind of kicks off then uh with tom atkins um he's a real shit bag it's fair to say i think he's he's yeah. not a very nice person is he um yeah. he's telling his son off about reading comics yes. um and then his son comes out with a good line um because he says, well, it's all right for your porn stash, isn't it? He doesn't actually call yes. it porn. But, you know, like, because <laughs> that'd be quite weird. But he says, you know, you've got your dirty magazines. Um, so, yeah. And then he, he, he gives him a real slapper across the face, doesn't he? Yeah. I've then written, he threatens to bum him. Does he? I think he did. No. I think it sounded, if you took it in one way, it could sound like that. But I know that's not what they meant. But what I haven't done is written down what he said. So I've just got, uh, you know, dad reads porn, kid gets a slap, threatens to bum him. That's a good start. Is it, um, that, that's Jimmy Savile's um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> movie, I think. Um, I think I think what uh, I remember he saying, I'll tan your hide. Um, that could be it, yes. Which I don't think is the same as bumming somebody but no. um but yeah <laughs> it gives him a real clout across the face yeah. doesn't it um and uh then you know the, the kid is saying you know he goes down his wife's goes you know saying oh you'd be too hard on him blah, blah, blah. and he, he's basically yeah you have to teach these kids and um but then it's just an asshole isn't it his wife's just this wet fucking blanket who just pours him a beer is just she's just there to do stuff isn't she just a beaten housewife he's, yes. he's an asshole mm. yeah i like tom atkins but not necessarily in his role where he's slapping his son and you know being <laughs> a prick but uh yeah and then he's uh his son's going oh i wish you were dead he's fucking weird the kid though isn't he don't you think yeah that? he does look a bit weird he's got that he's got that all-american mushroom haircut hasn't he that kind of yeah. tilt did tilted salad bowl and then you just cut around the edge yeah uh i found out earlier on today when i was uh, having a quick look at imdb that that's stephen king's son oh that explains why he's a weird looking fucker then <laughs> yes uh, but yeah he's he's going i wish you were dead uh and then this really dodgy skeleton appears yes. at the window um there's some decent effects in this film but i don't yeah. think this is one of them well i don't know because as a as a practical effect it looks shit and when it moves its hand and, and beckons him it looks awful but when it smiles it's quite smooth so they got quite a smooth animation on him smiling but the rest of it was ropey as fuck so, mm. 
Um, because because uh, Tom Savini's in this, so because Tom Savini, uh, he, he worked on some of the effects as well. Um, and I read something again, whether it's true or not, but uh, he got Rob Botinin to help do some of the practical effects as well. Who he did a lot of the, the practical effects in RoboCop. Yeah. Um, and I think Amer- American Werewolf in London could be completely wrong with that. So please don't quote me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I do like the opening in terms of then the animation all kicks in and everything. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. I like that. What, what did yeah, you think of that? We, yeah, good. We, we see that because um, dad throws the comic in the bin. We see it's called Creep Show. And the skeleton, when he beckons him forward, he... Yeah, it turns into animation, the theme tune kicks in, there's some nice nice imagery going on, and um, you know, a good transition into the comic flapping about, and then we go on to page, like the first proper page of the comic, and uh, you've got your comic panels, and then it shows you the title and, and a little bit of a sort of mini synopsis type thing, mm. and then it, uh, yeah, the panel fades into the first story. But yeah. It, it's pretty well done. Yeah, I like that. And then there's, it, it is sort of... They don't do it all the way through, but it is interspersed through a lot of the tales. And this is probably where my overall criticism, it, it seems it's a bit up and down. It's not very consistent, is that mm. some of them are framed like a comic book, you know, yeah. uh, and then others aren't. Um, so, but the first story is Father's Day. With Ed Harris, uh, probably the most recognisable person that out of the whole, the whole bit. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't recognise the others to be honest. No, and uh, he's with a, a his wife, and like she, she's part of a posh family. Yeah, uh, and they're all telling him about uh, how is it Aunt Bedelia? Um, yeah, was, yeah, was the because yeah because. It's a giant mansion, isn't it? Like a Cluedo mansion. Yeah. And um, it's the old lady. Is that, that that's their mother? I take it, isn't it? Because I've yes. written down aunt and mother. I thought so. Yeah. So she's she's a old posh rich woman. Um, Ed Harris is married to her daughter. Daughter seems like she's probably a bit of a slapper. Yes. And then her brother's there. Is he gay? Oh, he or... was thinking he's gay. Yeah, he's yeah. He definitely comes across as gay. And yeah, also, we're not, there we're was not a... quite into raging stereotype, but we're edging our way towards that. We'd, yeah, we definitely. And also, uh, later, a little later on in the film, that the mom, um, she would try and get it on with with Ed Harris. It all just feels a bit like. Have you seen that film Society with yes. Billy Warlock, 
where yes. yeah so they they kind of they're, they're, it feels a little bit like that that basically they'd they all just want to fuck ed harris i think <laughs> and then <laughs> consume him um that's kind of the way i i kind of took that um dotty old aunt bedelia her tale is and um, bedelia i've never heard that as a name bedelia i have heard bedelia yes uh, yeah. i've heard yeah. delia and belinda and I suppose if you put those two in a blender, you get Bedelia. Bedelia, yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, she. It flashes back. She's um, the story is is that is it every seven years or every few years she comes home um, for the anniversary of her father's death. Yeah, and, I think she goes every year, but it's been seven years since her father died. Ah, there you go. Uh, and so he um, was a twat, a, like a <laughs> fucking <laughs> asshole, is what he was. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a re, a, a, you think um, Tom Atkins is a prick? He's like yeah. a, a massive prick. And uh, <laughs> five minutes in, and we've had two class A twat bags already, and we're going to get more. We're going to get more. Yeah, and it sort of flashes back as they're telling the story about how Bedelia comes back home to sit by the grave for a while, and then goes back to her home, whatever. Um, she goes, but, she, goes, she goes back in, doesn't she? Around about sort of six o'clock. So they ha- and they have a nice roast ham. Yes, uh, well, I don't know why they're very specific about that, but still, it's um, world so- building, Christopher. World building. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's a, she's a crazy old bitch as well because she's yeah. like driving the car and she's cackling away and yeah. you know smoking a cigar, big cigar, not like a not a thin lady cigar, but almost like a Hannibal from the A Team cigar. Yes, and uh, the, so then um, it flashes back to where her dad was alive the moment before she killed him, like caved his head in with um what was it an ashtray yeah (laughs) you dirty bitch (laughs) (laughs) you're all a bunch of vultures where did i get my money where's my cake that's it where's my cake He, he sounded more like a zombie alive he did yeah um and so, yeah, you see that she smashes his head in and then, you know, she's then sitting next to his grave and she's getting pissed up and uh, she's hammered. Yeah, she's shouting and, uh, you know, at him and she's quite emotional. I think this is a decent piece of acting, I think, by her anyway. As, yeah. as oh, that's, she's... that's right. Because she, she, she had to look after him because he had a stroke. Yeah. And he's a twat. Then she fell in love with a bloke, and apparently he had her boyfriend murdered on a hunting accident. That's so right. We get, shot. We get yeah, that shot. little flashback scene with the weird comic panel around it, and he, yeah, he got shot. Yeah. He was dressed like an 1870s explorer, her boyfriend was, in the full uh, beige <laughs> fucking <laughs> jungle clothes. <laughs> Very yes. Weird. Um, and uh, then, so she's there, and all of a sudden... No warning whatsoever. He just fucking pops out of the grave, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. The hand comes out, and then he's all of a sudden, he's just out. He's, he's already crawling out. Still now, going on about his fucking cake. Yeah, and I thought that he... I, I Again, hard for me to critique George Romero, but at the same time, you'd have thought it would have perhaps been a bit more effective if that was like uh, her imagination. And yeah. then, you know... 
bang, the, the, that's the real jump scare. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he appears behind her or something like that. I don't know. But it just, it's like very sudden, isn't it? There's no real build up to it whatsoever. Yeah. And it just feels quite rushed. Um, we're, we're on a tight time frame here. We, we have not got much room for much. You know? I was going to say, because this is probably the quickest story out of the lot, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. And so he strangles her. You know, he's a zombie, I'm guessing, at this point, or he looks like a zombie, doesn't he? But he's not like fighting yeah. faces. And no, he's he's well, he's like a because it's obviously like a, a quite a hefty rubber suit. So he's like best I can. It's just like a fat skeleton in a suit, sort of, yeah. covered yeah. in mud with the old maggot in his eye. And that's it. Yeah, and so he strangles her, and um, then <laughs> Ed Harris in. You know, Ed Harris is known oh. for serious, serious roles, I think, generally. <laughs> yep. If you want to see a slightly different side to Ed Harris that you're mm. not used to necessarily, uh, then check out his dancing yes. in this film. Ed it's- Harris disco dancing. That's um, that's a new one on me. Mm. Yes. And uh, the song that they listen to as well, like they've got the radio on, they're just fucking dancing just randomly, both of them, uh, even his girlfriend, his missus, sorry. Um, and Ed Harris, I don't know if it was w- why, but my eyes were drawn. He'd got the tightest jeans on as well. Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say that I, you know, well, I never thought I would say I, I was staring at Ed Harris in tight jeans. But yep. this film is staring as, at his bulge. Yes, and his bulge and his ass. Yes, he's got quite a pert ass back then in 1982. Um, yeah, see, that was odd to see as well because you, mm. you know, you, yeah. But uh, he's, he, yeah, the dancing is is not great. But so anyway, he goes outside for a smoke, which makes no sense because they were all smoking in that same room less than an hour earlier. Yeah, and then he just goes off. To, he starts looking around, doesn't he? And he discovers yeah. the, the the gravestone, and yes. um, he finds finds the bottle. And <laughs> instead of if you know if this was me, uh, you know you'd find a bottle of of mostly drunk alcohol on the floor. You just you'd either leave it or you'd put it in the bin. But no, yeah. he decides to have a swig. He? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just it, walked into a graveyard that's mysteriously gone very foggy. <laughs> and yeah an empty bottle of booze we'll have a bit of that you don't you know, he's assuming it was left there by crazy aunt bedelia that might have been there for fucking years yes and i think there's a theme that runs through this film and maybe it's my kind of um corona mind working overtime there's a you know you just wouldn't pick up a bottle. This was before like the AIDS uh, situation as well, and all those yeah. kinds of things. You know, oh, you know, I'm gonna. I, I can only imagine what life would have been like in the early eighties, kind of, you know, before sexually transmitted diseases with, were like, you know, people died from them and all this kind of stuff. And you know, you just walk down the street. If you found a fucking half drank uh, can of beer, you just pick it up and drink it. Yeah, you know, waste I mean? not, want not. <laughs> Someone else's loss. Mm. You know, it's it's crazy to think that that that. But anyway, there you go. Um, he um, falls into the grave, and yeah. as you do, discovers um, Bedelia. Uh, she falls because, and so he's lying there as well. And the gravestone is kind of inching closer. Now he yeah. could have gotten out that fucking grave. That you know, he's like just 
It's like he's frozen to the spot, isn't he? The whole grave hole thing didn't make much sense because he fell in, but he's laying on grass, which wouldn't be at the bottom of a hole, and he was laying next to Bedelia's body that was covered in the dirt from the hole. Mm. So I can't figure out what he what he actually fell into because he did fall into the hole but it wouldn't have been the hole which he crawled out of because it was grass and there was i didn't make any sense but anyway, yeah yeah he's looking above him and the uh gravestones edging over him is it yeah he could have got up and yeah then you, the camera flicks forward and we yeah we have a telekinetic zombie which is yes. the first yeah, because he's not even really standing there. He's, he's like, oh, I want my cake. He's yeah. still fucking going on about his cake. Um, and then you go back to the, um, the the other people in the house. And because they've been banging on about, oh, it was great that, it, you know, he died because they managed to get all his money, etc. Um, but then they discover the cook stroke maid is <laughs> dead yeah. as well. Yep. Well, uh, got mentioned, yeah, the, the gravestone did fall onto Ed Harris and he was well dead. Oh, yes. He's, yes, his yeah. he's, he's noggin got smashed up. But you don't see that. <laughs> no, you, you hear a squelch. <laughs> you do hear a, a squelchy it. noise. Yeah. Um, and then the old woman who like says, oh, I'm going to go and have a look for Ed, um, you know, because I fancy a bit of Ed. And, yeah. and so <laughs> she goes to have a look and then the old zombie appears. This is quite cool. And he mm. twists her fucking head off, doesn't Or yes. not twists it off, but twists it the wrong way around, doesn't he? Yeah. That was quite cool. Uh, but there, and then this is the next, so the next thing is the, the, the younger woman and the gay guy they open the door and zombie man's there and he's got a head on a platter of the woman yep and he's going oh, i got my cake and it's got icing and candles on it <laughs> where did so he get can... that from yeah so this zombie actually you know, took the time to search around the kitchen and, you know, get. I mean, I don't know if it was royal icing, if it was buttercream. We don't know what it was. Could have been any manner of fondant icing. He's got the ingredients together. He's mixed it in a bowl. He's carefully poured it onto the head. Got a little candle. He's got his little lighter out of the thing. He's lit it. He's, he's done quite well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And he then gets that's his where it, cake. He, that's, that's where it, it ends. Yeah. yeah. And this was pretty much i didn't time it but it just felt like it was it was 10 minutes yeah know. that's what it felt like yeah and um uh aside from seeing young ed harris in it um i don't are we going to mark them now or should we do it at the end i don't know how do you uh, want to do this oh mark it now why not should we mark it now what should we do it out of 10 or 5 or should we just give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or um we should have spoken about this earlier, shouldn't we? We should have done, yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could rate it in crisp flavours, but no one's got any point of reference. Um, prawn cocktail would be the best, obviously. Um, for, my, for me, anyway. Oh, I do and like so, prawn cocktail. Salt and vinegar would be the worst. Really? Yeah, I'm not a fan of salt and vinegar. No. Oh, no. let's you know, fuck that market on crisps then. That makes make <laughs> sense. Uh, let's say 10. Oh, I would mark it out of 10. I thought you were giving it 10 then. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes. No, <laughs> mark it out of 10. Let's mark it out of 10. Okay, then. Um, I, I would probably go so far as to say I would give it a four. That's what I was thinking. Four to five. I'll go Ooh, four. Yeah. It just, 
as an overall, it's it it was too short to get anything to get going, mm. and it I don't know if it was trying to go for the comedy aspect of it too soon. Um, I don't know. It just it didn't feel like it fit. It felt like a bit of an afterthought, or like that you know they they got an idea but they didn't necessarily know how to execute it properly. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they went it, for like serious zombie style makeup and you know they did i mean there's no character building as such but you know they showed that he was a twat when he was alive and then he comes back as a thoroughly unpleasant zombie but then it kind of yeah ends on like a hilarious note where he's got a head cake and it's one nil to the assholes as far as as far as the film goes so yeah the assholes win Mm -hmm. so um and and i said this i totally completely forgotten about this uh, i was going to ask you is this the one you forgot about yeah, I, I really couldn't remember it at all. Um, and then I think it, it was only started to, to carry on. I thought, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember this. But I, I didn't remember it. I didn't remember the ending. I didn't remember the how Bedelia died. I didn't remember how uh, Ed Harris died. I didn't, I didn't remember anything about it, which probably tells you, I think, what you need to know. Mm. Um, so then the next one, and this is where this these first two stories – because they're they're your tone setters aren't they they they're kind of i guess they're they're the ones that you know yeah. you, you're going into the movie with that kind it's, of fra- you think especially with the first one you'd go in there with a heavy hitter yes or, yeah you know, you know you, if you go out there swinging you can kind of afford a lull somewhere but you've started with a lull yeah and then we've got the lonesome death of geordie verrill So this is pretty much just Stephen King doing his thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so a, a comet or an asteroid lands. Uh, I'd and say meteor. Meteor, even yes, yeah. that that's better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, a comet hits the Earth and he picks it up in a small bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And I have to say, and I know it's not very PC to say, but he is acting like a, a complete and utter spastic. Um, yes. um, <laughs> a retarded, inbred, redneck hick, dungaree-wearing, mini-mulleted, fucking mong brain. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like they accidentally threw the baby away and they brought up the placenta. Yeah. You know, absolute I, dumbass, 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 thick yeah, I wrote down it, it, it's a spastic hick, basically. Yeah. That's what I. But it, 
and it's just the way that he, so it's all kind of the colors and everything day glowy types sort of thing going on he runs out of his house his shack and you know goes to pick up this thing and it's it's even the way he talks you know and yeah it's it, proper yeah and his first line is it's a meteor well i'll be dipped in shit if that ain't a meteor yeah yeah um and uh he then he starts to imagine like what the college the local college would start would pay him yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first of his wonderful daydreams yeah and uh so he touches it but it's like hot or, or whatever and so he like you know he, he he goes ah and then he puts his fingers in his mouth as you do yeah um and he's I need to cool it down. But he didn't say it like that. How did he do how did he say uh do a hick accent? Uh, I'm trying to think of even what he says. Uh no pressure. No, no none at all. Hot <laughs> 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 damn that that be hot. I gotta give myself bug No, that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, think he, is one of my natural accents. No, no, but uh, yeah, he does. So he, <laughs> and then he uh, he gets this water and he pours it over it and it cracks in half and he goes, "Oh, Jordy Varel, you've done it now." It's something like that. Oh, Jordy Varel, you lunkhead, lunkhead. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yeah. Has his second daydream, doesn't he? Where the uh, the same fella at the obviously every college has a department of meteors. Mm-hmm. Uh, tells him that he won't give him 200 bucks for it or won't even give him 20 cents or two cents for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he, so he picks it up and like, so the two, he's like, he's like, oh, maybe, maybe I can glue it together. And uh, he sort of okay. picks it up and then all this blue shit starts yeah. to come out a bit. Glow in the dark blue shit. So naturally mm-hmm. you just pour it on the floor. Yeah. And it starts to seep into the earth. And, uh, and then... King's in his uh, well, Geordie. He's in his apartment. Uh, apartment, fucking hell. Uh, I've upgraded him. Shithole. Uh, <laughs> and he's watching wrestling, um, yep. drinking a beer, watching wrestling. Yeah, and, does and well then... to drink drink a beer. Sat down, and he manages to get the beer pointing vertically, and he can still watch the television. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then you start to see like all the, the stuff going on, like the, the outside things are yeah. growing. Um, the, the hole is pulsating with green light. Yes. And he's got these little sores on his fingers that he touched the thing with. And yeah. um, sucking and, away at those bad boys. <laughs> again, it's not like, it's like a what not to do in current times, isn't it? Don't suck yeah. your fingers. Um <laughs> um but yeah and then all this weird mossy type shit starts growing from his fingers doesn't it as well yep and And has another daydream another daydream yes where where they're going to cut his fingers off with a meat cleaver without anesthetic so the natural thing for him to think is oh fuck it i won't uh, i won't go to the doctors i'll just see what happens yeah uh, and then he realizes that you know he finally the penny drops like oh shit I've been sucking on my fingers uh, and he goes to look at his tongue which is also turning green and manky 
and then his whole body just basically starts to turn green and he starts to turn into the Grinch, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly what I wrote, yeah. <laughs> he starts to turn into the the, ver- the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch because he's yeah. like all green and furry and weird. And King is gurning his way through this like Jim Carrey. Yes. And, I, wonder uh, if he, I wonder if Jim Carrey took this as a... Uh, as um. Do you know, I used to have words before we weren't forced to live on our own. Um, um, inspiration. That's the fucker, yeah. I wonder if he took inspiration from Stephen King in this. He <laughs> <laughs> may have done. Um, but, and, so, yeah, it's now that the, the mossy shit or whatever it is, he's starting to, like, basically overtake his his shack and his building, isn't it? And go yeah. outside. Um and it's all fuzzy green. He's got he's got this really weird kind of fuzzy beard, hasn't he? As well, his <laughs> yeah. um, fucking mittens on his hand, his green moss mittens. <laughs> and, and, but and then he's about to have a bath, as you do, yeah. and, and um, finds out it's on his balls. Yeah, and his dead dad appears, <laughs> obviously. In a, in the mirror, and uh, you know he says, "Don't do it. That's what they want. They want the water." Um, and he just goes for it anyway, doesn't he? Well, he's yeah. thing. Who the fuck gets in a bath like that? Because it doesn't lower himself in. He just falls forward into it. Which it's like, to it's me like is like dives into it. Does it. Yeah, is that how he normally gets in? He doesn't lift his you know doesn't lift his legs over the edge and sink himself in. He just decides just to fall flat on his face in the bath. Yeah. Maybe that's why he is the way he is, because he fell yeah. on his head a few t- too many times. Um, so, but then, uh, again, he cuts away, and he he wakes up now, and he's full-blown Grinch creature, yes. isn't he? Um, full-blown, covered in green felt, basically. Yeah. And he manages to find a shotgun. Um, yeah. And... Uh, he he does the the one good thing that he can do, which is blow his own head off, yes. which you see happen. Um, and then the, the you cut to outside and the the stuff spreading everywhere. And then there's like a radio or TV announcer saying, you know, oh the weather's going to be this, and then yeah. it's going to and it's going to be raining, and they're going to have some lots of rain. So it's basically you know the, the shit's going to spread everywhere, isn't it? That's. Yeah. I, that's the thing I took away from that. Yeah, it's end of the world stuff. You know, the world's going to be overtaken by a Martian moss. By a, a mossy green shit. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> what What did you think of this? Uh, I, I mean, good Lord, they play this, but they're trying to play this one for humour. Um, even the music through it is, it's like something you'd hear out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Uh, King's playing it like a cartoon character. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just stupid, schlocky, proper B movie fare, this one. Um, so again, we, it's pretty short, this one as well. Isn't this really like 10 minutes, maybe? This, as well? Yeah, this one feels like it's maybe the same length or that's slightly mm. longer, but very slightly than the first story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know there's only one character in it, but it's hardly an intimate portrait of them. It's, uh, yeah, he gurns his way through it, says some stupid shit, does some stupid shit, blows his head out. That's about it. There's that's some silly much. flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I know. I mean, I know a lot of people slate this one as probably the worst. Um, at least it's consistent, I suppose. It's consistent mm. all the way through. You know, no doubt that this is the comedy one straight away. I think, and it does stick with it. But, um, <laughs> don't know. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. I suppose it's one of those that it's. It's an interesting one to watch in as much as that. I mean. It's been a long time since I've seen it and just realised how fucking bad it is, to be quite honest mm. with you. Um, it's... Is it on par with... I mean, I gave the first one four, didn't I? So, I mean, where yeah. would this stand in... I mean, this is either, this is a, four, a three or a four as well. I didn't think it was... I don't know. It didn't do it for me as well. It's, it's like I said, it's kind of daft and funny. I'll give it that. But it's just... Was it... I'm going to give it the same. I'm going to give it a four. I don't, it wasn't necessary in the slightest. I think it was worse, but at least it was... Good Lord. At least it was, I suppose, focused. Yeah. But focused in the wrong way. But it was just... The first one wasn't consistent. Uh, this one at least had that. Yeah. But it's again, it's... You know, we said starting off with your heavy hitters, and we're two we're two stories in, and uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even though they're short, and I th- they they, you know, you you could have because there's three main stories for me. There's three that we're, we're getting into them. You know, I guess now, and even yeah. so even even the last one's relatively short. So there's two longish ones, and yeah. then there's the you know the last one. So the the next three are, I suppose, the ones that I remember. Which is what I said to you before. I remember. Yeah. I only remember vaguely the Stephen King one because it got Stephen King in it. I did. I had no remembrance or recollection of yeah. how bad it actually was. But so the, the, there's three main stories. You could have put these shorter ones in as almost like an intermission in between yeah. the, the you know the the others. Yeah, you could have had yeah, say number three, then one, then four, then two, and then still finish on the fifth one kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, now we're into uh, something to tide you over. like the nice play on words there and this is um with leslie nielsen and ted danson primarily brought out the big guns now yeah um (laughs) so um and as i mentioned at the beginning like leslie nielsen plays a bit of a dick um he turns up at 
Ted Danson's apartment and mm-hmm. he discovers he basically confronts him and says, you know, you've been shagging my wife. I know you're going to run off yeah. with her, this, that and the other. But were, were uh, they married or were they are they separated? I, I couldn't quite figure that one out if it had already finished or if it was a pure affair. Well, I don't know. I got the, the impression that it was an affair because he says we were going to tell you. I think Ted Danson says at one uh, point, yeah. you know, well, we were going to tell you. Um, but yeah, he then. So Leslie Nielsen, you get the feeling that he didn't really give a shit about his wife. But I think it's just the fact that he doesn't like to lose and he doesn't want to just give up on his wife and he exacts yeah. revenge upon them by showing or playing a tape uh with the woman's voice begging um ted danson to come and go go with um leslie nielsen um so leslie takes ted to the beach yeah. and um he kind of essentially well he, he sort of makes him dig his own grave doesn't he he's kind yeah. of in the sand that's yeah he's, he's already dug the hole hasn't he, he tells ted danson to kneel on it and ted danson says no um, because you said you'd show me Becky, and he says he's a man of his word, so he will show him Becky. But you know, he wants him to get in the hole to basically make sure that him, you know, he, Leslie Wilson's character is Richard. So uh, yeah, make sure that Richard comes to no harm. So Ted Danson gets in the hole, fills it all in, and he's just got his head poking out of the sand. Mm. <laughs> yes, and he's he's buried up to his neck you know yeah. in it and uh so that you know you don't necessarily know how much time has elapsed with this but then you know he seems to have maybe fallen asleep at one point because when he opens his eyes there's a crab <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a crab right next to him yeah. leslie nielsen turns up in his car with the world's longest extension cord <laughs> <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. hell <laughs> so two big old cable drums on the back because that must be a fair distance away yeah, and uh, so he, and he brings a like a really old school TV because I remember this is 1982, um, and you get the impression that um, Leslie Nielsen's a techie, um, geeky bloke because he's got cameras all over his house, and he you know he knows how to. He talk, he was talking about equipment yeah. at, at Ted Danson's house, wasn't he? He's saying, oh, you really need to look after your TV and your equipment and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he sets a video camera up, you know, to to watch what's going to happen. And he so he turns the TV on, and you know, he's saying, "I promised you that I'd show you Becky." And uh, so you then see that Becky's in the uh, going to suffer the same fate as Ted Danson that she's yeah. buried up to her neck, and the, the the tide's coming in, and she's drowning. This is Galen um, Ross. Uh, it is Galen Ross, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a live she, feed from further up the beach. Yes. So, um, and Leslie's quite enjoying torturing Ted, like, you know, sh- showing them how his lover's going to die and then how he's going to die and yeah. making little jokes and quips um, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and that, so this goes on for a little bit. And then he goes back to his house, he gets a drink, and he's, he's about to watch it all happen. And Ted Danson looks directly at the camera and he goes, I'm going to get you for this, Richard. Um, And then he drowns. You see him under the water. (laughs) Comical shot of Ted Danson. Because the waves are only just started to reach the top of his head. And then you see the shot straight away and he's, he's full on submerged about six foot of pristine blue, clear water. Yeah. It's like they put his head in a, in a fish tank or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, so the, the, the one thing I got from this, and I thought, I was thinking Leslie Nielsen's kind of like, 
quite an underrated actor in as much as the, mm. yes, he did all the comedy stuff, but he also could do the sort of the, the darker stuff as well. And yeah. I think he does this quite well because there's a sort of point where he gets his revenge and you know that he, he's watching it and he's about to watch Ted Danson die. And, you know, he's Becky's died. Um, and it's almost like he's taking the drink, but it, it's not giving him as much satisfaction as he would have perhaps liked. Yeah, yeah, there is that little thing, isn't there? Yeah, like he, he's done it, but yeah, now that it's done and it's over, it, yeah, sort of hollow. Yeah, slightly hollow, and because he plays the, he, he plays this character straight, but he's not just a straight. You know, he 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 does a good job of being kind of threatening and someone who's taking glee out of what they're doing. Mm. Someone who's planned this really well. I, mean, I don't know what Richard does, but he lives like a bloody Bond villain with it in his, in his house, <laughs> yeah. in his luxury fucking beachside apartment. Because he says he owns the whole beach, so when they're screaming, no one's going to hear them. So, yeah, he, he in lesser hands, it could have come across as like a pantomime villain. Yes. I think, but it doesn't. He, it comes across as someone who has just basically just lost it and is a bit fucking mental, mm. but a cold and just just nasty but enjoying it at the same time but then having that little moment of reflection and think not not thinking he wish not wishing he hadn't done it but there is a moment there that it was just yeah a bit cold it was a, like a like a shallow victory yeah it's almost uh, and i kind of half expected because you can imagine this was a bit of like a like a plot to colombo <laughs> colombo to <laughs> knock on his door and go oh, just one more thing um but yeah so then he starts to get into his shower and you know yeah. it's all bit said and done um, Leslie and- Nielsen's nipples <laughs> <laughs> oh but before they, he, do, he goes back to the beach where they were buried and he goes back to get his TV back and everything yeah. and he's like oh the cable you know the plug to the cable or something like that it was yeah it's been it's- ripped off hasn't it and there's no bodies or anything and he's, he's, he's talking to himself saying oh the sea must have the tide got them so yeah. there's, there's this little this little bit of doubt starts creeping into his head that maybe they somehow got out of it escaped because yeah. because he threatened him on over the um over the camera feed he just has that little niggling doubt in his head that it all went to plan and it, mm. he, he does it well that that you know that internal fight of him thinking that he's got away with it or what if what mm. if they got away with it or they got out of it and the other thing I was thinking this as well and maybe it was just like kind of a thought of if that was me buried up to my neck I I I'd find a way to get out of it. If I was sort of standing, it would be more difficult to get out of it because I've been buried in the sand by my kids. Yeah. Now, not obviously to the degree of like rope to my neck, um, yeah. because they would leave me to let the fucking tide come in. Um, but it, it, I've been buried in the sand. So if I was standing like straight, like straight, if he dug the hole, say six foot or five foot, yeah. whatever, you know, that would be difficult to get out of. But he's on his knees. Yeah. You'd be, I think you'd be able to push yourself up. Like in- I don't know. I was I was thinking the same thing. I thought, well, what if every crevice is full of wet sand? Because obviously when it's wet, it's going to be worse. Like further down your body. And if you are on your knees and you, you, you've got no movement in your knees, so it's like what you... you yeah, I don't know. I was thinking... I've, I was sat there watching it, imagining what it would be like to be buried in sand and if you could get out or not and i was the more i thought about it the more i convinced myself that i wouldn't be able to but i think yeah maybe next time yeah next time you well next time you're at the beach yeah 2027 <laughs> when you're allowed back at the beach again 
get yeah. yourself buried and see if you I'll... can see if you can ping yourself out. But do it right near the shoreline as well to give it a bit of urgency. I'll try it out. Yes. Yeah. And um, they won't need to like you know have the mass the world's most longest extension cable because they'll just do it on their <laughs> smartphone. Yes. Um. So yeah, he and he's he's having a shower and and he hears something calling his name. Um. Yeah. And then, you know, you start to see these two shuffling corpses covered in seaweed. Um, and then, you know, so he's looking around, he gets his gun out um, and then he opens the door and they're there. And they're, but the the funniest thing is, I can't. Oh, how do I do it? They sound like fucking Zelda from Teleport. Yes, yes, exactly the same. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, they sound like proper mer people, like proper bubbly voices. Don't they? Let's, uh... let's try this. Hang on. This could go hor- horribly wrong. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry, got fucking tea in my mouth. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, he, he tries shooting them. He shoots the uh, shoots the right. Becky's zombie in the head, doesn't he? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that. <laughs> 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 oh dear oh god but yeah so yeah he shoots them in the head a couple of times which i think is quite a good effect because uh like just like water comes out of the heads doesn't it really pretty much i couldn't decide if it was water or blood because the the, the, no when they're there they've done the whole thing which they do quite often in the film is that everything's lit in blue um and occasionally there's a swirly background as well and in like a comic frame kind of thing to make it look a bit odd. But he shoots, yeah, it runs down a floor. But I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be blood or water just because of the, the colour lighting on them. But um, they both look like cat assholes. Yes. They are it... very, very wrinkly, considering they've probably been underwater for, I don't know, a couple of hours, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why they were so wrinkly and so rotten and why they had quite so much seaweed on them. It's... But, uh, yeah. It's all seaweed as well. It's just mm. like that, you know. Um, but so he, he then starts to go hysterical, doesn't he? He's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's scared. Yeah, he's scared, but he's laughing at the same time, yeah. isn't he? Which is quite funny. Um, and then the next thing you see is that he gets his comeuppance because he's then buried Ooh. in the sand, isn't he? Yep, but we do have, uh, we've had a telekinetic zombie. We now have teleporting zombies. Because mm. he, he runs away from them into the bathroom, then turns around and they're there. Yes! So, yes. now as well. Yes. Uh, you like might, the you... adventures of the zombie world in this film. Yes. How the hell did they get out from one room into the other where there's no other doors? But yeah. Um. So that was that story. Um, how would you write this one? He, yeah, he, yeah, he's buried, isn't he? Yeah, sorry. Yes, he's, he, that, yeah. yeah, he's buried, and then he dies, and he again, he's kind of like laughing, and he goes, "I'll hold my breath," yeah. and then he, yeah. Why wouldn't he come back? 
Um, I don't. Oh, and that's the other thing I forgot to mention. So when you see Ted Danson's head in a in a fish tank, um, yes. he's like it's either it's it's either like he's trying to hold his breath really hard, or he's thinking really hard because like then you see this kind of blue oh, the red light from behind red his light head. from behind yeah. his head. Yeah, and it's like whether he's doing some kind of supernatural shit. Like just to transfer his soul or whatever it is. I thought that was maybe like the pressure on his lungs and brain as he died. Ah, okay. I looked at it a different hey, way. It's, it's it's exactly it's open to interpretation. We haven't had that so far. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So th- for me, this is the this is the one of the three stories which I remember mainly because, like I said. Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. So I remember them forgotten that Galen Ross was in it, but um, yeah, this to me is the first proper story. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's the, the background, way... the, the, the stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah. It's got something, some meat on it. There's a, there's a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, perhaps the way it should have started. Um, but you know, I, I really like this one and um I thought I quite liked the story. I liked the way that, um, it, you know, the way that he kills them and tortures them and watches Ted, watches his, his girlfriend die. You know, it's it's quite mean and nasty and, you know, yeah. maniacal, isn't it? And and then the, the acting's good in it as well. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the effects are quite good in it. So it's, um, yeah, I'd give this one a solid, oh, I'm, I'm wavering between a seven and an eight. Um. Oh, fuck it! I'm going to give it an eight. There you go. See, I, I was going to go seven. I'll go seven still. But yeah. I mean, the the difference the difference in quality between this and the first two is it's massive. It's huge. It's yeah. just got a little bit more meat on the bones. It's, yeah, it's a it's it's a good it's a nice nasty little plot. It's a good little ploy of how to how to trick someone into being murdered essentially, and a, yeah. a bit of horror obvious horror revenge but you know nielsen can't can't take away from nielsen that the the man commits i mean i love leslie nielsen but good god he was in some shit at the same time but he always committed to the part yeah yeah definitely especially and it's nice to see him play the you know play a nasty person because he didn't do it very often i don't think no no um yeah especially towards the end of his career like because he was in stuff like mr magoo wasn't he and was it it, it dracula dead and loving it um things like that um but there you are so there you go that was that's the the one well obviously the front runner at the minute next one though is the crate
and this stars Hal Holbrook, um, Adrian Barbo. Um, uh, those are the two main ones that I. Adrian but... Balboa. Bob. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's working in a pet shop, and uh, she's, <laughs> she's very shy and timid. Um, yeah. No, the total opposite. No. This yeah. this character. Um, so yeah, Hal uh, Holbrook is married to Adrian, uh, and she is. I mean, the thing is, what I suppose the theme in the film is that the arseholes generally get their comeuppance don't they yeah I, think. I mean yeah we've had father get the comeuppance he's a tit um alien moss has won that's arguably the baddie but then at least in the last well no in the last one even then all right the baddie gets his comeuppance but he's killed the Still two killed. nice people yeah, yeah they don't they don't get away with it do they no. but um so hal holbrook's like he's um I don't know if he, is he a professor or he's he's an intellectual, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's a professor. I, I don't know if he's English because he's got his mate Dexter, who's a uh, um, zoologist professor. I think they work at the same college, and he's. I think he might be an English professor, mm. but they're they're at some swanky garden do for professors and their wives, families, or something. I'm not entirely yeah. sure, but. It's one of them where there's always like a string quartet playing music in the background, but you never see them because it was just on a tape player on set. Yeah. And uh, people are drinking cups of tea and eating sandwiches. But his wife, Wilma, stroke, likes to be known as Billy, Billy. is just pissed out of her face and just an an oaf. She's a social oaf. (laughs) I like it when you say that for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Adrian Barbo, I obviously remember from Escape um, from New York, probably the main one. She's got nice tits as well, I think it's fair to say. Um, but she seems, she, I mean, it's the character, I, I know, appreciate that. But she's really unattractive in this. There's nothing yes. redeeming about her whatsoever. Um, she's just she's just horrible, isn't she? And yeah. she's a prick to, um, to Henry, uh, Hal yeah. Holbrook. Well, that's what you think. He thinks she's just being a dick to him. She's just overbearing, puts him down all the time, just a shit. But she actually gets worse as it goes on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're at the party. Oh, oh yeah. He has his first. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> oh, it made me chuckle. Yeah. Because everyone at the party hates her because she's loud and obnoxious and horrible. And he has that little daydream of shooting her in oh. the face. That is awesome. So yeah, and just just to rewind a little bit, that so that this opens up and oh yeah, we forgot about the actual opening, which is the point <laughs> of the story, the crate. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> like so this guy, this like janitor caretaker type stroke stroke uh, bloke, he he just he he's sweeping up, he loses a coin and he finds a crate and it's hmm. like Antarctica, isn't it? From eighteen was it eighteen something or other eighteen thirty four Arctic. Exposition, Arctic Arctic. expedition. Yeah. Yes. I I, see. She goes to show. I don't read my own notes because I wrote down Antarctica and then crossed it out and wrote Arctic, but uh, I just chose to ignore that. Um, So yeah, and so then you think, oh, that was seemed a bit weird and out of place because that's like Mm. probably a a minute's shot, isn't it, or a minute's worth of film, and then it cuts to this party and it's like, oh, okay, this is a bit. So, but yeah, and then. This was awesome. I mean, I, I, this, I wrote it down. It, it is awesome that he daydreams where he 
uh, goes something like Billy, and yeah, you know, what Henry, and he pulls out <laughs> like a magnum and shoots her in the head. Yeah, right in the point blank, but well, not point blank, but right between the eyes. Yeah, and, and then he gets a round of applause. That is, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I love that. Um, and uh, yeah, you see, then obviously the daydream is um, he's broken because she's like kind of berating him about something or other. Um, and then they, you know, this Dexter guy gets a call and he disappears off to the university. Uh, get the impression that he's a bit of a sleazy old fucker as well. Cause yes. He's, yeah, because yeah, he's he's about, God, what is he, late 50s? He's late, like yeah. That. And he, he hasn't he basically just just before the call he's arranged to meet up with one of his young students for a yes. Well, she might think she's going for tuition, and he's clearly got in mind that he's just going to give her one. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, and and Henry kind of almost like guilts him into coming over to play chess instead. Instead, yeah. um, but and he takes pity on him, really, doesn't he? I think because yeah. the um, everybody hates Billy, but they all pity Henry, don't they? They all, yeah. I think, because they, they all realise that he doesn't stand up to her at all, and she's just no. a horrible human being. And they realise that he probably he does probably hate. Well, he does hate her, but yeah, but they're still married, and she's an ass. Yeah. Um, so then he Dexter disappears, goes to the un- college or university, wherever this crate is. And um, there's another fantastic daydream where he strangles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he strangles her. Um, see, this is what I'm saying. So at the very beginning of the, now the first story, uh, Father's Day, where like she was at the grave, you know, and he, she could have been daydreaming that. Yeah, there was like the, the the you know the zombie popped up out the ground, but whereas with this they did that and it worked. I think it was better for it, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he uh, strangles her, and then this guy, uh, the the caretaker and the uh, and Dexter dude, they're opening up the crate and saying, "Oh, you know, it's probably a load of old papers, probably a load of old shit, whatever." Yeah, because um, the janitor says he thinks he heard. Yeah, they take because the, they drag it out because it's heavy. Um, when they lift it up in, in, in the um, in the lab classroom, whatever, he thinks he hears something shift or feels something shift in there, like it moved on its own. Mm. And uh, yeah, they take the padlocks off, they take the nails out. You know, gives you an idea that maybe you shouldn't be looking in there if it's got that many nails and locks on it. Yeah, and if it's that old, you think as well. I mean, it, it looks like it's under the stairs or it's under. Yeah, it's it not. It's a stairwell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, underneath it's the stairwell really... behind a grate. Yeah, it's not exactly hidden away, like, behind a wall or, yeah. you, you know, you'd have thought that somebody would have come across it be- before now. Yeah. Um, At the time, whoever got it said, fucking hell, don't open that box. What should we do with it? I know, burn it. No. Throw it in the river. No. Hide it under the stairs. That's Let's just leave do. it. <laughs> Someone else's be- problem now. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so they hear this kind of like chittering sound yeah. from inside, which sounds quite cute at one point. But then, sounds like a bit like a mogwai. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then uh, he... It's uh, not a fucking mogwai. But... <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's like a gremlin on steroids. Because um, yeah. the, the janitor puts his hand in it 
and because it thinks he sees two emeralds. To, yeah, like, which I'll well, just take the fucking lid of the box off then and go and grab your emeralds. But he just shoves his hand into the darkness, which is yeah. stupid. Yeah, um, which I'm assuming that was supposed to be the monster's eyes. Were yeah. They? yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but then his hand gets swallowed up, and the monster appears and eats. Essentially, eats the caretaker, doesn't it? You know, you, you don't see. Yeah, because it, it kind of tips, doesn't it? And then this hand comes down because he. Because he's, he's stood there with his arms still trapped in the box above his head. He's not looking too happy. And then his big clawed hand comes, hand comes down. It sort of pulls him up into the box by his neck and then just munches on his face. Mm, yeah. Which you don't see. You just see the blood come down. Yeah. Um, and then just pulls the rest of him into the box. I just thought, what's a thoroughly unpleasant way of dying to actually have your face eaten off? Yeah. You just see all the teeth, don't you? You see the monster yeah. and you see the teeth. And I was thinking... Because like, you see the monster a bit later on, he's a bit. How would you describe him? A bit like um, Terror Hawks baddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's not the best effect. It's guy in a suit, obviously. Um, yeah. And you get close-ups of the, the teeth, and it it is like a rubber mask type situation yeah. that you're in, and the teeth are dripping with like drool and stuff. Yeah, um, I take it he's supposed to be like a the. Um, Abominable snowman type. Glad you said that because that's one word I cannot say. <laughs> what <laughs> Not snowman. snowman? I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah, um... like an Arctic, Ar- not an Arctic monkey, as in the band person, like an <laughs> <laughs> an Arctic apoid. Apoid? Yeah. Fuck it. Apo- yeah, apoid. Teeth. I like <laughs> that's the thing. See, because looking at the crate, it's not a very big crate, right? It no. would have been heavy-ish you would have thought for you know two oldish blokes to have picked up in the first place but they seem to manage it quite easily and then so you get the feeling that it maybe is like monkey sized but then you see it it? good point and but um i mean the thing is i'm guessing why they've sort of suggested it's from the arctic is maybe it's been frozen all this time but you would have thought well it's thawed you know, yeah. it's it's been there for a while. So if it was stuck in the Arctic, like, say, The Thing and, you know, the, yeah. the, the movie The Thing, it's thawed. But then the Norwegian scientists blow it out. The, the So it's it thaws. Whereas with this, it's been there for a while. It's thawed. You know, it, it, it's, well, it's been under the stairs for what, 150 years. Yeah. And also the, the point I'm making is so. The size of it is inconsistent because it, it seems yeah. like it's monkey size to fit in the crate. But then you actually see it and it looks like a full grown person. Like, yeah, I, I wondered if it if it, if it only had half size legs because it's quite bulky on top, like a person's size. But it seems really short. So mm-hmm. I wondered if it was like a, like a normal person with midget legs or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But uh, Dexter runs off. He's freaking out and he bumps into just some random person yeah. walking down the corridor, doesn't he? And he tries yeah. to convince him of what's happened. And oh, this guy we... thinks, go on. It also starts to give this creature a little bit of emotion, though, because the while he's off speaking to this other fella, the creature, um, you know, you see him pushing his box back towards the stairs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... He's, you know, all right, he's just eating someone's face off, but he doesn't like being out in the open. He doesn't like, maybe it's scared. 
So mm. he's trying to get his box back to where he was, where he feels safe. And I think they do actually say that at the same time. Um, a bit later, they say, where's the box? He's pushed it back under the stairs. Maybe that's where he feels safe. So, yeah, poor little monkey killing thing. Just, yeah. well, just wants to be in his box under the stairs. It obviously doesn't need to eat very often because it sat there for 150 years not doing anything. Which just wants to be left alone, doesn't he? Just wants to go home, really. Maybe just wants to go home. Yeah. But they go to the crate and he sees all the blood. And for some reason, this other bloke, he he stuck a shoe that's been ripped apart. He goes, I need the shoe to to see the bite marks. Yeah, because he he thinks that Dexter did it when he first sees the shoe. And it was like, why would... As if a 55-year-old man is going to be able to eat a janitor and then mm. chomp a shoe and leave blood everywhere. Because he was spotless. If if I thought someone had just butchered someone to death and then pushed a fucking great bloody crate back under the stairs, he might have a spot of blood on him somewhere, but he's not. He's just a bit sweaty. Yes, yeah. Um, so he gets close to the crate and uh, guess what? He gets fucking eaten, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but this is quite a good effect. So, uh, you know, you get the impression that maybe Tom Savini had a bit of a hand in this because yeah. um, the, the effects of him being eaten, like... You know, his neck gets bitten off, doesn't it? And his yeah. face gets bitten gets and scratched. Claws across the, yeah, decent, that. Not bad at all. Yeah, quite like that. Um, so then the the professor, then Dexter, turns up at, um, at Henry's house and he's freaking out and he's, you know, trying to convince him now about what's going on. And um, he gets him a bit pissed, doesn't he? Because he's calming him down yeah. with drinking lots of whiskey. Um, then he drugs then- him. He drugs him. <laughs> Maybe he's going to bum him. Maybe he's tanned. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, so then he, he drugs him and locks him in a room. And then he starts to hatch this this whole plot. Yeah, uh, you, can see his, you can see behind his eyes, his, his cogs are turning, isn't it? He's thinking, hmm, I yeah. wonder. Yeah, and the thing is, so he writes this note for his wife but he's narrating it so you're hearing it as he's kind of writing it and plotting what he's going to do yeah it's a long fucking note isn't it i mean you'd think it is actually yeah the way he's narrating it it's like it goes into all this kind of like speech spiel about you know the blah blah because he's saying oh uh dexter's got a problem with one of these students and uh you know we i really need you to come and he's like just say can you meet me at the fucking college or something you know instead he's written a novella about how his best friend has probably sexually assaulted a young girl and left her under the stairs and while the narration's going on henry's gone back to this college building and he's basically being a janitor cleaning up all the evidence yes with a really shit mop that mop is rubbish (laughs) awful and and she and turns this is up. Where, yeah. So this is where I started to hate Wilma even more because Wilma's reading a note about a girl who's probably been sexually assaulted and all she's doing is laughing. Yeah. And she's finding it, she's driving while drinking and yeah. just finds it hilarious that someone's been sexually attacked. She pours a drink and I think it's like milk, isn't it? Yeah. And then she puts she put like whiskey in it or something like that or I think bourbon. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's kind of because I think it's a bit of gossip, isn't it, against um, Dexter or whatever. That's yeah. probably why she's like, you know, chuckling away. Um, but, yeah, it is like a short story, a really elaborate short story that he's written to get Billy to the 
place he needs her to be. Um, and so anyway, she turns up. And at this point, he's starting to tell her the story. But he can't contain himself, can he? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like a I naughty mean, little schoolboy. He's, you know. he's hatched quite a good plan. But he's not very. His execution at this point is 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 wavering somewhat. Yeah, like have, yeah. have your fun afterwards. Get get her to the crate first before you start pissing yourself. Yeah, and and he convinces her to go to the crate because he says that this young girl is in there and she won't yeah. come out. Um, but then he goes crazy, pretty much. Doesn't he gets to that point? And he just kind of like starts shaking her and like, because I thought at this point, maybe he's going to kill her. I, know, I mean, I knew that that doesn't happen because I remember it, but like, because he's bashing her head against the wall a little yeah. bit, isn't he? Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, she then, oh, and he shouts uh, to this because he, he's trying to get the monster to come out. I think that's why he's making a bit of noise as well. Um, but the monster doesn't come out, and he goes, "Yeah, have some poisoned meat." <laughs> <laughs> but the monster doesn't come out, and then he lets go of uh, Wilma, and then she just fucking lays into him, just decides to basically have a go at him for everything he's ever done. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> how useless he is. No Shit good in, in bed. bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it makes, makes you wonder how the fuck did they get together in the first place? Like, yeah, I can't you know. imagine why or yeah. when or how. Unless, like, she was, you know, down on her look and saw him as a way out, and she was really nice to him at first. Like, you can imagine she was a waitress, and and he met her, and he's like, she, she's, you know, sort of conned her way into his life, basically, yeah. and then she turned into this fucking alky wanker who's you know doesn't have to worry about money or working anymore um and she's probably shagging around that kind of thing as well but maybe i'm thinking way too much about this but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the poison meat comment had me sort mm. of uh, so anyway but the monster doesn't appear but then it does and it yeah. grabs her and um eats her up and yeah. um then he locks up the crate and yep. he takes it to the quarry and throws it in. Yep. And just before he does it, the the creature starts chittering again because he yeah. says it's like it knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Because you can see its fingers out of the box, and when it drags them in, it's almost like a uh, it's like an act of resignation that it knows it's going to die. And it's sort of like a dog whining, going yeah, kind of like you know mewling kind of sound that it makes i felt quite yeah. sorry for it at that point yeah. you know because these fuckers have disturbed it they are you know he, it's not like he went this monster went out on a rampage you know they broke into his house and you know tried to get him out and he's just pr- protected his territory hasn't he really i guess yeah um Cause, yeah because henry's explaining because he's explaining his whole plan of what he did to uh dexter now that dexter's woken up from his being drugged by his best mate it comes across that like dexter's not overly keen on the plan yeah which he wasn't which he's sort of a part of now but wasn't because he was unconscious he wasn't there but he's kind of looking at henry like you're a fucking psycho yeah but at the same time maybe thinking well yeah she was a prick but you also murdered you well you haven't murdered somebody but you've led somebody to their death haven't you yeah 
you know so but and then he's saying uh you know it's fine you know he's in the quarry and you know he'll be dead but, but just as he's saying all of this yeah. you know <laughs> the um uh, the, the monster escapes doesn't he yeah um yeah and there you go End and that's story. A, that was that one that was by far the longest out of all the stories wasn't it yeah. that kind felt like a mini kind of story it was like 20, 25 minutes long i didn't again should have timed I mean, them really but yeah it felt like a mini film yes yeah definitely longer than the something to tide you over yeah. um so yeah go on what do you think of this one then I this is the one I've always remembered most because it it's it's the most violent. Yes, uh, there is a bit more gore and blood in it because for, for for a for a load of horror stuff, there's not much in the way of violence and gore and stuff in it. It's um, you know, there's a lot of filler, and not much primula. <laughs> <laughs> but no, sorry, or, or, or any of the soft cheese. Yeah, yes, they are available. But no, I always remember this one as being, I mean, I, I think when I saw it, this one almost being, for want of a better word, the scariest as such, I think, yeah. overall. Yes. Uh, um, but no, I've, I've, yeah, I don't, I don't mind this one. I don't mind this one. It's, I, I, I mm, God, you're asking me to mark it. Uh, I'd give it another seven, I think. Mm. Mm. I think I'll go with that. I, I think, yeah, yeah, it's simple but effective. I think I think it's done pretty well. The effects on a couple of the kills are uh, better. Uh, it just seems it just seems a little, a little bit more professional in places. It's yeah. it's missing someone like a Leslie Nielsen. I think the the acting's good in it, uh, yeah. but they're all. I suppose the story is split between more than just the one character or two characters. There, are, there is actually three characters in this. You know, four if you count the janitor, who's actually got quite a bit of screen time. There's, so yeah. there's at least, yeah, it's got the most, the biggest ensemble cast. Yes. And, uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad um, at all. Yeah, I think for me, I'll probably be consistent with the other one. I'll give it an eight again. I'm, I'm wavering between seven and eight, but it's kind yeah. of like, yeah, it's it's a bit more fleshed out. Um, I, although she's an absolute prick um i like um adrian barbo's kind of like you know hamming it up um yeah. i like the the effects in it that you've mentioned um it just yeah it just it, it felt like a more sort of fleshed out piece than the others yeah. did you know so uh so yes that was a, another good one so next and final story is yeah. uh they're creeping up on you
Um, this is quite simple in itself. I mean, there's only really one. Well, you see another person on screen, but um, it's just really one person acting, isn't it? Yeah. Like a monologue. Um, but yeah, it, so this old man and he's um, killing bugs and yeah. wash, washing his hands, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's a bit of a... How very apt. <laughs> yes, exactly what I thought. And he's, um, you know, in this high-tech apartment, which is white and so that shows the bugs even more these cockroaches it's Uh, futuristic it's like a it's like a set from star trek yeah he's basically a rich old wanker he's he's a bit like a howard hawks kind of or howard hughes is it howard hawks or howard hughes Uh, Uh, scrooge mcduck yeah but he basically locked himself in this building. He controls a business from his telephone and he gets telephone calls from people. And he has a telephone call from somebody saying that, um, you know, somebody killed themselves because of yeah. his That's business practices. Deal. Yeah. And uh, he's got no remorse. He's utter arsehole. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, he's up there with uh, the, the the dad, the father. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think he's as he's he's a bit different to Leslie Nielsen, but he's just an utter prick. Like, yeah, he just hates everyone. Yes, he's totally and bugs, most of all bugs. Um, And he's a bit of a racist as well. (laughs) Yeah, that springs up in in a bit, doesn't it? It's like, oh, just what I thought you couldn't be a bigger dick. Yeah. Um so yeah, and he's wearing gloves as well, which again, another sort of like reference from today. Um and he also calls everyone a bastard, even the yeah. books. <laughs> and, he's, and he's got a stupid name, Upson Pratt. <laughs> um, so there's cockroach running around um, and it's running all over. So the, 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 this is quite a simple story, really, isn't yeah. it? You know, uh, he hates bugs. He hates cockroaches. Um, he gets a phone call about this person who's killed himself his wife the per- the wife of the person who manages to get his number because it was in his the person who killed themselves diary or you know telephone book and she phones him and he's really horrible to her isn't he like you know yeah. um and he's like really fucking mean but he's yeah. quite playful with it as well like he's just he's he was, he's always finding it funny that her husband's killed um, yeah, he's cracking himself. jokes about someone who's killed himself what a couple of hours beforehand to the widow of the person. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shitbag. And she's like, "I hope you die of cancer or the worst kind of cancer." I mean, yeah. he's uh, what? What is the worst? <laughs> They're all fucking pretty bad. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, right? This guy lives in this apartment, and he hates bugs. He sees one cockroach. Now, I don't know about you. I don't necessarily like spiders, but I don't kill them. I put them out the house. Like, I'll trap them in a glass and I'll, you know. But if I keep seeing fucking cockroaches in my living room, I'm going to move house. I'm yeah, just. I'm, well, I'm going to leave because I know he's saying, oh, he doesn't want any bugs. But it's clear that there's lots of bugs there. So do you know what you do? You leave the front door. You go downstairs, you get in one of your posh cars that are probably parked, and you just drive to a posh hotel somewhere else for a bit because yeah. there's clearly a problem in that building. There, if, The amount of bugs that he's killing, there are. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder he doesn't like bugs because that, there's fucking loads of them. There it is, fucking cereal. 
this it, well he's eating some horrible brown shit yeah it doesn't um, like shit <laughs> it doesn't look nice at all and then a cockroach appears and he then starts to think oh because he's like kind of mixing it up isn't he it's like in a blender yeah. or something yeah and maybe a he blended a cockroach into the brown shit that he was eating i mean yeah. and that is vile you know um and then this janitor shows up and it's a a weird kind of conversation that they have through the door because it's like a spy yeah. hole but it's massive and all you see <laughs> is it, are their mouths <laughs> yeah but i, I do i do like because the the is it, he's called mr white isn't he is he is he the janitor stroke exterminator or whatever but yeah. he's black um yes. but i love the way he's kind of mocking pratt through the door almost by he's speaking like uh well, speaking a bit like a like a I don't know a sort of slavey type thing, isn't it? He? He's yeah. mocking him massively. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I get. Yeah, yeah. But then Pratt says, oh, "I heard people like you do well in the in the cleaning industry or something, doesn't it? People of your type." Something yes, like that. That, so yeah. some people people of your of color. Yes, something like he says, and it's almost like the the black guy is taking the piss out of him. Like, I'll get right on him, you know, and all yeah. this that. You know, he's not. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so there are more like fucking cockroaches, and they're everywhere. I mean, like yeah. you know, then they're in his cereal. They're in. They're everywhere. Like, and then the power goes off for some reason. Uh, yeah, just for some reason. Uh, not just reason. in this realm. It starts in the entire. The whole city goes black, doesn't it? And then. And the cockroaches in his apartment then number the many thousands because they the, start coming up through the sink, yeah. through the vents. They're just coming they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm out of there. And he, yeah, he locks himself in like a panic room, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And then he cu- he calls the, the janitor or exterminate whatever you know and um but this time he's not so nice and he got he calls him a black bastard that's <laughs> <Does> it <laughs> yeah um, yeah and um he locks himself away in the safe house and then this woman who called him earlier on the widow um said you know she's then going i hope you die and then there are you know there are the power comes back um and like there's all these bugs and they are all over the place, aren't they? But you don't see what happened to him at this point, but they're all over. And then the power comes back on and, um, the next, so he's lying there and all of a sudden he's just like, his whole body starts to, you know, move. Yeah. There's not a roach anywhere is there at this point. And then his uh, body starts pulsating. Yeah. And, yeah, his skin starts to move and whatnot, and then uh, cockroaches start coming out of his skin and his neck and his and mouth. His mouth, yeah. And it's... the dummy of him is terrible. Yeah, it's it it's it's pretty horrible. Though. I mean, I don't like cockroaches. Mm. I've only ever seen cockroaches went once when I was in Spain, and yeah. uh, and you know, and those fuckers can fly at you as well. I didn't realize oh, that. Yeah, good lord, we were in Cyprus once, and. Uh, there was a cockroach nested in a tree by one of the bars and people used to throw popcorn at the opening near the bottom of the tree and they'd come out, grab the popcorn and run back in the tree. But then one night, this is in the 80s, uh, one night one uh, flew out of the tree into some woman's perm and got stuck oh, in her hair. God. 
Oh, they're horrible though. Because we, yeah. I didn't know this. You know, one appeared on the floor, and next thing you know, it's like fucking flying at you. It's like, uh, yeah. so. But they're not nice creatures, are they? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So then the janitor appears, and he kind of gets his own back on him because he calls him like a honky bastard or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. What's the matter, <laughs> Mister Pratt? Got your turn. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's that. That's that story. I mean, again relatively short one um yeah. i suppose in the grand scheme of things but this one just felt better than the first two yeah me. um and it's creepy and it's horrible and he plays it really well the guy who plays um pratt is yeah. is is a wanker but he plays it really well uh eg marshall i'm not don't think i've seen him in anything else but it yeah so where do you stand on this one then Definitely better than the first two. I mean, I mean, the premise. I mean, it's like a one-man show a bit. You know, you've got the a couple of other voices, but it's it's mainly one actor, like the Geordie Verrill one. But the acting is just better. Better, yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's it. I mean, there's there's no attempt at any kind of story to explain why there's loads of cockroaches. There's just loads of fucking cockroaches, and it's not somewhere you want to be. So it's just. It's probably the simplest out of all of them, mm. um, but it, it, its effectiveness is in its simplicity. So, I'm trying to think, I gave the first two four, give the last two seven. Mm, I don't know if it. Uh, I think I fucked myself over giving the other two a seven because I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can give it a six because it's not as good as the last two. Fuck, I'll have to. I have to give it a six. Yeah. I don't want to give it a five because it's it's more than one point better than the first two. But it's more than one point worse than the last two. Five yeah. and a half. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd probably give this one a seven because uh, yeah. I quite like it. I like the acting in it. Yeah. At one point as well, you're not sure whether this was just all in his head. Like he was going insane, you know, seeing yeah. bugs that weren't there. Um, and I think that was quite well done in terms of when like the lighting went out. And there was just it was pristine. It was clean. But and then you thought maybe he's just had a heart attack, but then all the bugs shoot out of his body, and I quite like that, so that was cool. Um, so yeah, I'd give this one a seven. Um, I'll go so six, but hmm. yeah, I'll go six. Maybe I should have given the other one seven and a half or eight, maybe, but I'll go, I'll go six. It's yes. it's it's significantly better than the first two. Well, I think we're in terms general terms, we're, we are in the we're on the, the same page really aren't we Simple i mean sort of thing. yeah within within scores you know we're we're on the same page but uh so now you go back to the start don't you and so yes. it's ne- the next the next day and um, still being a twat he's been a prick and um tom savini is one of the bin men who's collecting the bins and they discover the comic which is in the bin and they pick it up and they they talk start talking to each other and saying oh my kid love this and whatever and then like they're flicking through it but there's a coupon like or a bit cut out of the comic which is where the page shows a voodoo doll yeah authentic voodoo doll yeah and uh, the coupon's been cut out and he goes oh what's this you know and then they don't pay any attention to it and then tom atkins is downstairs having his breakfast and he's like oh my neck's really 
hurting you know i've got a pain in my neck mm. it's like uh and and then he stands up and he gets worse progressively worse and he's just like Ugh! like you know he's been choked or whatever um and then the next thing is that you see the son upstairs with the voodoo doll and he's sticking pins in it and yeah. <clears throat> going for the neck yeah that's it and i really like that i think that's a cool way for it to finish um so yeah i i mean I, I wouldn't would you class that as a story or just the sort of wrap around i don't know i think it's just a wrap well i don't well here's the thing because we think he's getting revenge for him throwing his comic book out at the start of the film but that kid had already sent off for the voodoo doll uh, so maybe so just... regard yeah because regardless of him throwing the comic book away he'd already thought probably yeah, go back then things should take 28 days to arrive in the post so he's already thought a month before then i'm going to kill dad yeah well maybe it's not the first time that he's because uh, i think you pick up on that from the conversation that they're having it's like you know oh, if i find this shit in your room again oh. so it's yeah. I, i'm guessing he's done it before you know so maybe he had been plotting it for some time but yeah. i just thought this is the tw- that's the tw- that's what i'm saying that's the twist at the end isn't it you know you yeah. kind of you know, so that's quite a cool way for it to, to finish. Um, so, overall, what did you think? I mean, we've kind of rated the individual stories. Um, and as I said, we're pretty much on the same lines uh, in terms of, you know, where we see them yeah. fitting and whatever. But what did you think overall? Did it <sighs> ruin your memories or did it stand up? I... For me, it stands up because I've always, I, you know, I haven't seen it for God knows how long, but I always had a bit of a soft spot for it. Um, I've forgotten how it uses like the comic book style throughout the film. I knew it was, a, you know, part of a comic, but I forgot like the sometimes the weird paneling of the film, yeah. um, the, some of the weird lighting and the swirly backgrounds and that, and I forgot about the overall tone. I remembered bits of bobs about it, but there, there was plenty there that I forgot. And I know the first two aren't good. I and mean, then we've got, you know, then it, we've got the, the best two towards the end and a, and a, and a decent ending as well. It, sta- it, it, it starts off not great, but it, that didn't stop my overall reasonable enjoyment of it, I think. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it's wonderful, but it did, it did twitch something in me. I, I think I do have a weird little blind soft spot for it because I know... Even though I'm not, you know, I watched the, I watched the first, especially the first two, watched those and thought they were awful. I'd probably still watch them again, and I don't know why, but uh, I think yeah, I've got a little blind spot in me, which which still still pretty much enjoyed it. I think, mm-hmm. even though I can I can separate it up and say that's shit, that's shit, that's good, that's good, that's not quite as good. But I, it could be because it, you know, you'd think that you'd start off strongly and. Fade around the middle, then end 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 well. Whereas this just starts flat, gets a little bit worse, and then it just yeah, it manages to end more or less on a high note. So mm. I don't know, but I quite enjoyed it. I like the look of it. I, I do like the style of it. I think they were going for that. They were going for that B movie feel, and they've, they've certainly done that. I'd say. Yeah, I think for me, for me, um, there are better anthologies out there. I mean, because I've mentioned a, a couple of them. I think Cat's Eye is probably better because uh, the tone's more consistent and i think yeah. like body bags has got that humor but it's also got the horror element to it as well um yeah. whereas with this 
I would say it just about it's 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 kind of average for me, but and there are things I like about it, like you said about the comic book style of it, um, the stories that we've mentioned are quite like, um, but then it's inconsistent and it just some so it, that kind of lets it down and it's it's just above average for me. I think I'd yeah. say it's a three and a half film out yeah. five do you know if do you know what i mean like I, mean, I don't i don't think i'd score it any higher than that i think but i don't know it just kind of uh, as a film i wouldn't mark it any higher than that but as as did i enjoy watching it i think i did yeah but i'm, I'm, I'm well aware that it, it, it ain't great and to be you know i've got nothing to compare it to i haven't seen many of these so that you know that probably clouds the judgment slightly but I won't rush to watch it again anytime soon, but I don't regret watching it again. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah, there's there's there is a lot to like about it, but uh, but yeah, um, I guess you have that nostalgia for it as well. Whereas I, I think, don't. I th- yeah, I think that's what it is. I think yeah, I, I've given it, I've given it a soft pass. I think. Yeah. Cool. Ah, and it just also makes me realise I'm going to add body bags and cat's eye onto the our already huge list of films. <laughs> So, so there we were we may well revisit or we will f- first watch for you with some of these and and see what you think and then we can compare yeah. them so um yes. but we won't do that next time i'll tell you what the film we're going to talk about in a second is uh, but oh, we did have a couple we, yeah we did have a few twitter responses as well so um you take the first one and then i'll take the second one okay you're right you're leaking gas Banky Spangler. Um, <laughs> said, uh, the creepiest part of this film for me was seeing at Steve, Stephen King, seeing Stephen King for the first time. I honestly didn't believe that was him. I imagined some highbrow writer, and there he was, looking like a redneck. Love him. Fair enough. Um, uh, Tom Downey, um, Stephen King, robbed of an Oscar. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, at but it was aliens uh, as a child and i'm talking like six years old here i was disappointed that the cake man <laughs> didn't come round on my birthday to tell me that i want my cake uh, i didn't quite get it back then classic films awesome very good so uh, i want are. my cake man it's <laughs> 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 about oh, it's like father christmas where's, where's the yeah why don't we have an i want my cake day Wicked. Um, right then, so for our next movie, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but we are going to be journeying forward a little bit to 1990. And um, this, if I, well, let's give you a, a cast list. Let's see, see if you can can guess this. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, Stacey Keach, Pam Greer. No, nothing. No, not yet. No. Directed by probably the best director in the whole wild wide world because he directed Commando, uh, Mr. Mark L. Lester. No. No. Okay, so we are going to be watching Class of 1999. I've not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so uh, that will be our movie that we'll be chatting about probably in the next couple of weeks. I reckon. Um, yeah. And uh, there you are. I think that was that's about it. Um, I really enjoyed chatting about um, Creepshow. I had to look what it was then. Um, 
no, it was good. It was good. And so, yeah, check us out at 60 Minutes With uh, on Twitter. Um, and also 60minuteswith.co.uk for all the reviews and everything else and podcasts, all that kind of jazz. Uh, I'm at Dastardly Jabby. Uh, where are you at? I'm allegedly at Eight Mutterings. Uh, eight, uh, awesome. And so we'll see you next time. And we're going to be watching Class of 1999. Ooh. Oh, in the future. <laughs> yeah. See you soon. See you later. Feel traded, and I definitely.